Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, with only a glorified walkthrough to discuss Wednesday, I turn instead to conversations with Sam Fortier of the Washington Post as we discuss Friday's preseason game against the Bengals, more specifically about what we're looking to see, and I talk to Washington defensive end James Smith-Williams. He'll be Washington's third defensive end and is an interesting guy. We talk about playing defensive end, his work with domestic violence, his love of reading, and also barbecuing. Just a well-rounded guy and a little bit of golf. You can follow Sam on Twitter at Sam4TR. That's Sam, the number four, TR, and James Smith-Williams at J-A-C-S-W-3. You can read my work on ESPN.com. I'll have a story up soon on quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick's growing comfort level in the offense, kind of pointing to some specific plays. Still more to learn. I think it it really remains to be seen just how far along he is. And we'll discuss that in the story. In a few minutes, Sam and I will discuss a variety of topics and what we want to see Friday night. One thing I forgot to mention when we discuss this is the place kicking operation. Do they have better timing? Long snapper Cam Cheeseman snaps got, get back to Tress Way in about the same amount of time as Nick Sunbirds did. But it's also about when he must snap it and then when Dustin Hopkins must approach. What are the triggers? Again, I get that Hopkins must be better. Nobody's going to dispute that. But the key here is whether or not the issues extend beyond the kicker in terms of timing, because that then becomes a bigger problem. That's it for me. And now here's my conversation with James Smith-Williams. What did he learn from Ryan Kerrigan? First, James, I just wanted to see how you feel camp is going. You're in a slightly more increased role this year. Right. No, it's been really exciting. Camp's been awesome. It's crazy it's already been three weeks um, we know we're Richmond in July and it's been a learning process growing every day but I've definitely gotten better and I'm excited for the season where are you better and again now you're you're working at that third end I know you can go inside but where do you feel you've gotten better I think for me back at end being back in space you get used to playing tackle and being inside and there's less space and there's a lot more room when I'm getting used to eating it up again eating the space up again and working my hands a bit better where as a, as a rusher because it takes time to get used to being as a pass rusher where are you better there where have you taken a step I think for me, my hand has gotten better. I've gotten better at closing that distance and being able to work the hands and get to the edge. You you do a lot of, you know, I talk to people and say you do a lot of off-season film studying of that. What did you study this off-season? A lot of pass rushers before me. I mean, I looked at RK a lot. I think we have similar tool sets, and that's been a guy who's had a lot of success here. So that's when I went and studied, see what he's done, see how he rushed the passer, and, you know, I learned a lot that way. What did you learn? Really, RK was just a dominant guy with that long arm stab, and that for me has been something I've been working on with a couple different guys back at State, too, is where to aim it, where to get it, and just kind of how to work off it as well. And more so aiming on the chest, and where do you, how do you feel you've been progressing with that? Been really good. I think having, you know, different tool sets. You don't want to be a master of everything, but having those three, four rush moves you can really count on is very important. 
everybody always talks about your maturity level. And I'm not going to ask you if you've always been mature, but where do you think you get that from? Why are you? Why do people describe you that way? Yeah, I think you know how I was raised. My mother definitely was a great example for me, and I think just throughout my life, I kind of had leadership roles, and it's definitely helped me as I progress to lead myself and lead others around me. How was your mom a good? What did she? What was? What is it that you take from her? Oh, just hard work. You know, my mom's someone who's always worked hard. I mean. She had breast cancer when I was in the second grade. I mean, she didn't miss a day of work, took me to school every day. I mean, that woman's that's a tough lady. Seriously, she yeah. never missed a day? Never missed a day. Yeah, uh, she's a different, different person. <laughs> so when you see that, like, I mean, do you, could you process that as a second grade, or was it older when you realized, like, oh, my gosh? Definitely older looking back. Oh, my bad. No, I'm sorry. Just, just a little bit. <laughs> older looking back, you know, I definitely, uh, that's, think, that's what I noticed the most. And, and, and when you think about that, what is it that stands out? Because, again, that's kind of impressive. Yeah, I think for me, just the mental toughness, right? Being able to show up every day and do your job. And I relied on her, and it's kind of the same thing here. Guys allow me to do my job around here, and it's the exact same process. What was she working at that she was going there every day? Uh, social worker. Yeah, social worker in Wake County. So she probably felt like other people needed her as well. Is yeah, that, exactly. Is that what you get? Because you, you have some of those... Um, it seems like you have a drive to help with social issues as well. Is that yeah. where you get that? I think so. I think, you know, as a human being, if you have a platform, you should use it to do something. Make a difference, right? Whatever you're passionate about, whatever you love, go out there and really make a difference in that issue. And yours is is the domestic assault, correct? Yeah, domestic violence and sexual assault. Why Why is that that important to you? I mean, I, I mean, think... It's a big deal. Yeah, I'm not, right, right, I'm not yeah, minimizing yeah, it, but no, you no, have a course, choice. To, of course. Yeah, I mean, I was inspired by a lady named Brenda Tracy. She came to my school in 2017. We're working together ever since, and she just... She had a simple call to action. It was just, you know, there's an issue, you know, if you are a good man, you're still a good man, what are you doing to help? And I think that applies a lot of different things, but for me, I really hit home. So what are you doing with that? To, to yeah. So, I mean, last year we raised $5,000 to buy um, Christmas gifts for misplaced children. Um, and most recently we just announced the D.C. League of Champions, and it's a network of professional athletes in the D.C. area. I'm working on issues of domestic violence and sexual assault. So right now it's uh, me and Andy Sullivan are the main two, yeah. Andy's awesome. Met her. We play golf together. She's a really, really great person. And, and we have some events on the horizon I'm really excited about. So for your – going back to uh, – this is a tough segue because I want to talk about your football career yeah, still sure, first, too. Sure. When you were at NC State, you go in there, you're about a buck 90 or so. Mm-hmm. You get bigger. I think as a senior, because of injuries, I think you didn't play as much. What, what about your journey, I guess, to get to this point? And when you, from where you started as yeah. that guy, and even senior year where you're not playing as much because of injury, but are you worried about how it affects you? Yeah, I think for me, is that's, that's that mental toughness aspect, right? It's showing up every day and doing your job and understanding that, you know, you might not see the end goal right now, but it's coming. I mean, I think that's what's got me here, being able to show up every day and put the work in and go to work and, you know, really trust the process. Did it, how hard was it to trust that process when you're going through a bunch of stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's hard, but I mean, it's, it's you give up on yourself, you know, if you're not going to advocate for yourself, who is? So that for me was the biggest thing. I'm going to show up every day and give it my best. And if it doesn't work out, at least I can look back and say, hey, you know what? I gave it my all and chips fell how they did. One thing that jumped out to me right away with you again this summer is more the strength and how your ability to drive guys back. And I remember reading something about you wanting to transfer that weight room strength to the field. Do you feel like you're doing that? Yeah, I think it's really coming to play. I think it doesn't really matter how strong you are in the weight room if you can't use that that strength and that weight on the field. So for me, that's something I really focus on. I think it's really coming to handy. And how did you focus on that? And how did you take? How are you able to transfer? What are you doing? Now, it seems like, I'm guessing you probably did it more than most, but it seems like it's really coming together now. How did you make sure that it was transferring? 
Yeah, I mean, I think you can't just go and lift, right? You gotta go lift, come do some individual, watch some film, you know, look at your pad level, where are your hands at? Because you can be the strongest person in the world, but if I'm gonna let you with my chest wide open, it doesn't matter, right? Your hands are inside. So there's things that, you know, being a technician is very important and be able to, you know, transfer technician and speed and power all play together. What's it like playing behind? You got Montez and Chase there too, and you're you're that third guy right now. What's it like playing behind those two? It's exciting. That's a lot of juice. It's a lot of energy, right? And you, that's a good position to be in, right? A guy's getting beat up by Chase and Sweat all day, and now they're rolling you out there and you're fresh. I mean, you can't complain about that. Do you talk as much as those guys? No, I'm not a talker. Not many people probably do. Montez has been talking. Do you have you notice him talking more this summer? He definitely talks a lot more. He's been a lot more outgoing, but no one talks like Chase does. He reminds me of Chubb. Chubb was the same way. I mean, really? Chubb just. No matter what's going on, two minute move the ball hit, and the man never stopped talking, never got tired, and Chase is exactly the same. So you're also going up against Sam Cosby a lot. What have your, what's your take on him? He's a good kid. I mean, he's really good right tackle, good balance, good hands, um, good length. I think he's really growing into it. He's been going those battles with Chase and so every day, he's definitely grown from that. So let's get to some more off the field stuff. You're you're a big time reader. What are what are books that you like to read, and and what you know, did you were there any books this summer or to you this offseason that you kind of read just to for whatever reason? Yeah, so actually, it's funny you say that. Actually, I can't remember the name of the book right now, but uh, Brenda sent me a book on trauma and processing trauma. I know that's kind of a heavy topic, right? But it's I think it's really important that you have a good perspective of everyone around you. Um, and that book just kind of talked about, you know, the real physical impacts people have when going through trauma, right? Whatever that trauma is, be it domestic violence, sexual assault, or a car wreck, there's really lasting things that happen and occur because of that trauma. They've, you might not recognize it yourself, but yeah. So what do you want to do with all this knowledge? Because I know you, you're a business major, if I remember right. Mm -hmm. What do you want to do with this? Because if you're focused on this, when you're, when you're done, what do you want to do with this? That's a great question. I go back and forth. Everyone knows about the IBM thing and the, the job right. offer with IBM. And then, you know, I love to be able to help and give back. So I've said coaching. And really, I, right now, I'm focused on is being here, enjoying my time here, and using my platform here to give back and help out. So you also have an interest in cars. Are these old-style cars? <laughs> Yeah, yep. Uh, I love old school cars. I have a 68 Mustang. Um, I'm looking at a 69 Camaro. And for me, it's just you can't you can't beat the V8. You know, no no turbo, no nothing. Just a huge, big block V8. You, you can't beat it. It's a lot of fun. Do you work on them? Do you like to buy them, fix them up, and restore? Or do you just, what, what's the deal? I get them as is because I kind of learned along the way. And I was looking at them that when you buy them and try to fix them up yourself, it gets expensive very quickly. So for me, it's, I like to go in there, sit around with the mechanics and talk about it. But I know what my skill set is. And it's not fixing them. And I really <laughs> want to pay to repair them either. <laughs> now, you're a golfer too, right? Yeah. How, yeah. Good, how good are you and who do you go, anybody on the team that you're going with? Me and John golf like once a week there for a while. I was golfing three, four times a week. And, you know, I want to say I'm good, but I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, I'm not good. It's You know how it is with golf. One shot's, a, one shot's a great shot. The next shot, you slice into the woods. And that's, there. that's where I'm battling right now is getting some consistency. How far are you hitting off the tee? So my best drive, no, no lie, I had a dog, uh, dog leg right. I'm on the tee box. It kind of bends. The trees kind of sit out in the middle of the fairway, so you can kind of shoot it over. I mean, I'm probably like, I don't know, 410. I probably hit it right over the trees, probably like 330. I mean, I'm rolling. I'm probably 10 feet from the green. Really? Yeah, next shot, chip shot into the woods. So that's that's <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at. I was just going to say, if I'm you, I'm dropping the club, say I'm done. <laughs> right, right. Before you get there, because I can I only put it up. I should have put it. I should have <laughs> just put it onto the green. Nope, going for the chip shot right into the woods. I, I am I am there so often that it's it's ridiculous. So it's I, I, I understand that. And then now, again, we talked about this before we started, the barbecue. Because yeah. people who listen to this know I'm big on barbecue. Yeah. 
What's your specialty? And you're and you're big in that too. But yeah. what's your specialty? So for me, I'm a I'm a pork shoulder type of guy. I'm from North Carolina, so I'm I'm the vinegar based okay. type of guy. The red uh, pepper flakes in there. So I mean, I put it on the Traeger for probably 16 hours. The the apple wood chips, let it smoke, really get in there good. And I mean, you let it sit for another four, and then it pulls itself apart. You can't beat it. It's awesome. So when did you start getting into that? I think that was last season with COVID. I was like. We're here for two hours a day, and I'm like, I have nothing to do. Might as well cook. Can't really go out to eat anyway. So that's when I started. I had a little smoker box at first, and I, I fell in love with it. So you like the Traeger? I like the Traeger. I love Traeger, but for me, the it's hard to beat the real smoke box, you know, when you have the, the real smoke coming out, and it's not the clear clear smoke, and it's a little different feeling for me. Is there a meat that you haven't done that or that's giving you fits? Brisket. I'm where, again. <laughs> brisket. I, I just, I for me, I never liked brisket. And try really? to, I just, I've never been a brisket guy. Okay, well, yeah. you like the pork, so yeah. there you go. So it's, brisket's always giving me fits. I have had problems with it, and I finally, the last time I made it, I, I nailed it, and so I'm kind of reluctant to go back. Right, right, you got to let it go. It's like golf, you had a golf shot, it's like, all right, I'm, I'm done. I'm on that, exactly, <laughs> I'm ended on that. Yeah, but the pulled pork is really good. What, what is, what's something that you want to do that you haven't done yet? I mean, I've done it all. I've, I've reversed seared steaks, mm. I, and you name it, I've, I've probably tried it on the grill. And then with your, with, um, again, book, go, I, I, I'm interested in the books because I like to read as well. Yeah. What are some of the other topics that you're interested in reading? Um, so actually my last couple years, you no, know, last year in school, I was a public policy major. So I actually had a book that was on all the, like, kind of big, broad topics of, of policy and the different sides of policy, you know, Democratic, Republican, and kind of some of the true root issues of things like that. And it was really interesting. It gives you some good insight. I think a lot of people vote. Yeah, maybe they were going to understand yes, the, right. the nitty-gritty of politics and how much lobbying plays a factor and all the other things that go into it. And it is. And I mean, it's how much is your mom, did your mom encourage that growing up? And is that, or did you always have that interest? She encouraged it. She said, "Hey, go go learn, go read, you know, right. go go explore, it's figure there it out." For you. Right, exactly. Yeah, go I learn. Mean, that, but that's like, do you does that help? Sometimes you read some of that stuff, and it maybe it, it allows you to get away from the sport, the game, and yeah. just kind of focus on something. Does it help you? get away for me that was golf golf was my okay. I need to escape I'm going to go golf I'm going to go spend four hours at the golf course that was my hey this is for me time I think you know reading I really do enjoy doing but that for me is like a, a different aspect okay. of myself where I'm still trying to learn and pick stuff up when I'm golfing this is the last thing when I'm golfing I tend to involve in, invent cuss words <laughs> have you invented any out there oh I've used them all <laughs> I you I mean I've been in public a couple of times let some things fly and I was like oh well, I shouldn't have done that <laughs> I'm with you there as well. James, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thanks. After this break, I'll be back with Sam Fortier of the Washington Post. We discuss William Jackson III and the desire to diversify the defensive playbook and why that matters. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey folks, would you like free tickets for the preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens? Well, you're in luck because our sponsor, Prosper Insurance, is giving a ticket to anyone who gets a home and auto quote with them. You don't even have to buy a policy to get the free ticket, although the savings will absolutely make you want to switch today. 
Finding the right insurance can be a pain, but Prosper makes the process easy, all while providing great service and advice. Their licensed advisors shop the market with top companies like Allstate, Nationwide, Progressive, Travelers, and more to find you the perfect coverage at a great rate, which is just a few of the many reasons why Prosper has over 1,000 five-star reviews on Google. You have nothing to lose. Simply visit prosper.insurance.com to get your quote and a free ticket to the Baltimore preseason game on August 28th. That's prosper.insurance.com, K-E-I-M, no.com. Get ready to feel good about your insurance. Welcome back. Now here's my conversation with Sam Fortier of the Washington Post. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Sam4TR. All right, Sam. So we have a second preseason game coming up. And just in general, before we get on to some other stuff, what are some of the things based on what we saw in the first game, what we've seen throughout camp, what are some of the things you're looking to see on Friday night? Yeah, I think the thing that is super valuable about preseason games is, is lineup combinations. Um, you know, we can, we can go down specifics, left guard or safety or positions that we've seen a lot of turnover here at camp as, as Ron tries to find, I think, the, the units that he likes. But also, uh, when we talk to certain guys about certain mechanical things, like William Jackson transitioning from a mostly man scheme to a mostly zone scheme, which I'm sure you've covered on this podcast. But I think those are some of the things that, that you look for in terms of our guys putting into practice what they're talking about. Antonio Gibson in, in pass protection. Right. Those are some of the minor things that you look for on tape rather than, I feel like, offensive efficiency or, or you know, things like that. I, and I, I'm kind of with you there. I like to look for it more, a lot of individual stuff. And because the team stuff starts to come later because you've got to clean up. If a guy's getting beat in a pass set, you want to know why. If we, now, I, I liked in the preseason opener how Cosme and Sheriff handled the stunts. New England threw a lot of stunts at them. I like that, so that's a good thing, but you really are more about individual stuff and going to Jackson because that was a topic for Ron Rivera today about why he went into more depth why they signed him. And we've talked about, like you said, I'm sure you've talked about it, I've talked about it here, written about it, but how they want to increase the versatility. But I thought he went a little bit more in depth today. What did you take from what Rivera talked about today? What was the standout thing? Yeah, I think first of all, for Ron to say that he thought they played too much zone right. coverage last year was really insightful. I think, you know, I think the most sites would put them at around two-thirds zone coverage, which mm-hmm. I think is a generally uh, – fair fair assessment um, and for him to say okay if, if we're going third and short he's talked about Chase Young getting to the passer you know or getting to the passer quickly with with shorter moves on on situational um, downs like that and not trying to set up something long so I think today he, he sort of furthered that discussion by saying that he wants to play more man so the quarterback can't get that quick throw out on third and short so for me that was really, I think, the big takeaway is how William Jackson is a small piece of what they want to do on defense, which is get more multiple, right. present, you know, be more versatile, as we've talked about, and uh, really, I think, stress teams on third and short. And it's that, it's that ability to play press man, not just press, but press and jam them at the line, and that's it's a big deal. I also think that's why Benjamin St. Juice was drafted, because it gives you that flexibility, because now you play, a, you know, you play some teams, hey, and he even said this, like, if you want to play more press man this week, maybe you're going to go with St. Juice. And then um, Jackson with Fuller inside. If it's a smaller, quicker lineup, and you're going to play more varied, maybe you're going to play more Jimmy Moreland and Fuller outside. It just—I think they—it's they, clear he wants to increase those those options. 
today he mentioned, you know, oh, we could play 33% zone, 33% man, 33% pressure. And, and while I don't think those numbers are what you're looking for, I think he's really just talking about, hey, we want to prepare ourselves right. to react to whatever works. I thought he made a really good point about Buddy Ryan, the, the yeah. defensive coordinator, how he said sometimes Buddy Ryan would call the same blitz three plays in a row. And Ron, as a linebacker, would be thinking – you know, wait a second, they're right. going to pick up on this. Why would we do it again? Whereas Buddy would say, if they have not shown that they can block it yet, we're going to keep, keep running it. Block it. And I think sometimes coaches overanalyze the situation. Well, we just ran it, they'll know it. But, you know, as, as longtime fans here will remember, it's the 50-gut time back in Joe Gibbs in the, in the 80s against Dallas where you run it like seven, eight times in a row until they stop it, and they didn't. So, but I, I kind of like that philosophy, but I also think the point of it is too, is like you want to have more things at your disposal. So that way, if you have to go to that this game, if you have to stick with this, that you have the personnel to do it. Exactly, and I think not to, uh, you know, talk about baseball, because obviously you know a baseball guy, but it reminds me of like um, Astros pitcher Lance McCullers. Yeah. You know, a couple years ago, he threw 26 straight curveballs, and, and you know, he was really effective. And so to me, it's, and, and I asked Ron that, how do you try to balance but also, you know, not get away from, from the things that you're strong at. And, and I think that his answer, you know, preparing to, to see, okay, like you said, hey, this week we want to, you know, have Fuller and, right. and Jackson outside. Just giving yourself uh, the, the position flex. You know, I know he talks about that a lot with individual players. But I think that in terms of Jack Del Rio and saying, hey, I have all these different pieces. Because when you talk about maximizing a 53-man roster, and this is for offense and special teams and defense, I'm sure, as well. But, but to me, it's, it's all about, hey, having those position pieces that, that you can adapt to every week. And then offensively, one of the things I want to see, too, is Antonio Gibson. We, again, we talked to him today. And I did notice, and I asked him about the, the little spin move he had, because it's you notice, and it's like there's no way that he was going to be okay with that because, you, you know, you, ha- you see the hole. If you go forward, you got two or three yards. Everything was set up for you. Everything handled well until the spin. But those are the things that I want to see. So what are some of the things that you have seen from him this summer and then you want to see Friday? Yeah, I think, well, to, to stick with that play, that to me was sort of a microcosm of Antonio Gibson's, Correct. like, progression as a running back because after he made that spin move, he said he dove right back to the line he because did. he realized it's, you know, he realized in – progress that he needed to get back to the line that he should have pressed that hole initially so to me that play was kind of Antonio Gibson's you know progressions running back in a nutshell I think the thing that he he said today that was not up to par last year which I think you saw in maybe some of their personnel groupings was the pass pro right. and, and he wasn't on the field on third down as much even though I think they like him as a pass catcher they like what he can do in terms of flexing him out and finding that matchup if he's not solid in pass pro then, then that's something I think that's a concern that maybe tips your hand by having J.D. McKissick on the field because, you know, we're going to do X, Y, or Z. So to me, it's, it's not only understanding how to press, but press that hole, but it's also pass pro and, hey, what can you do uh, on the ancillary parts of this position? Right, and I think the other thing with the pass pro, too, because he did have one case the other day where he, he blocks the guy. He more slowed the guy than he blocked him, but he did allow Fitzpatrick to get the ball off. But it also, if you're not good in that, even if you're in the game, they're going to attack you with it. And so you want to avoid that as well. And because a lot is made about the Christian McCaffrey role, and nobody's saying he's Christian McCaffrey, but you want to be in that role because, as we talked just with the same thing with William Jackson, it gives you versatility if your main running back can handle that role. Right, and to me, when you have that personnel grouping on the field, it's kind of a similar thing that what Scott Turner does, I feel like, with all the pre-snap motion and, and all of the different, you know, uh, the different eye candy that you give the defense to look at, you just want everything to look the same. And, and you want to have, uh, I feel like people talk about this with the Shanahan offense a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, you want to yeah. make everything look the exact same so that 
when the linebacker has to read his keys, it's harder for him or he has that extra second where he can't pick that up. So I think the, the progression that we're talking about with Antonio Gibson and kind of what roles you can use him in is kind of the same thing. Right. And I also think like he what we saw in the first game too, and I think we'll see it more this year than we did last year. And I, we saw some of it last year, but the ability to confuse the defense. And I think on the pass to McLaurin last week, where you have two guys coming across the middle, Humphreys and the linebackers kind of get jumbled, and it creates that spot behind them for McLaurin to run through. So I'm, I think that's the benefit of having a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, have you been okay with how he's progressed? So yeah, far? I thought it was really interesting that, that he said, I think it was yesterday, that these guys look at football in a way that he, you know, some right. ways that he, they looked at football in a way that he had not before. And, and to hear a 17-year veteran say that, who has been around a bunch of different offensive minds, it was interesting to me because he has said at times, this offense is a little different, this right. offense is a little bit harder to pick up. When you think about the two series that he played against New England and kind of their basic concepts, it obviously looked good. He obviously has the timing down with Logan Thomas, that back shoulder throw for the, the yeah, third and ten conversion. Nice that was a really nice throw. But to me, when, when I hear you know Fitzpatrick say something like that, it's I'm, I'm almost questioning... Is that him just saying, oh, this is kind of a cool quirk, I'm like learning it as I go? Or is he saying, oh, this is actually maybe a little bit a tougher transition than other right. teams I've been on? And I'm wondering the same thing too, and I think we're going to see, because I don't think we know the answer just yet. They can say whatever they want now that he's getting more comfortable, but let's see what happens in the game. I also thought this is why I enjoy covering a guy who's been around a long time, whether or not he's how great he is, whatever, but some of the stuff he said too about the operation. It's not just like going through certain things. It's about talking to Scott Turner on the headset during a game and then going to the sideline and making adjustments. How do they do that? And it's, it's funny because those are little things that he is clearly knows and has learned that you forget sometimes how important that is to these guys, you know? No, absolutely. And I think when you think about how this offense can be effective and, and obviously like being more versatile as we talked about with defense as we talked about with everybody else I think that they have the talent they have the speed right like we, we see Diami we see Ryan Fitzpatrick you know testing those deep balls and and they I, I they haven't hit probably on as many as they'd like to or even been in the vicinity we saw a couple overthrows today but to me it's I think you really got to start with that verbiage with that language and like yeah. you said I don't think we've seen kind of that communication right. really get ironed out yet. So I think that's the most fascinating part for me for not only preseason game two and three, but, but also for, week one. For week one. And then one of the important spots, or one of the spots I think is going to be hardest to pare down would be receiver. How do you look at that? Do you think they're going to keep six? And if so, right now, who would be your six? Right. Well, this to me is an interesting question about, you know, Ron Rivera's philosophy on a receiver room or, or maybe Drew Terrell as the receiver's coach. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's what kind of position room do you want? Do you want your six best receivers? Or do you want the, the basketball team philosophy, which some people talk right, about? Right, right. You know, do you want, you know, we want two small guys who are in the middle. We want our, our big guys in terms of Cam Sims or Antonio Gandy Golden, things like that. How do you want to construct it? For me, if I'm thinking, okay, you're going to take the top five receivers and then you're going to have that punt returner, kick right. returner role, which to me is, is a straight up binary between uh, DeAndre Carter and Steven Sims. Though obviously Dax Millen is, is Dax, making a push. Yeah, yeah, I think Dax is making that push. And I think the hard part for Sims is that, you know, you can come in with a clean slate. Coaches don't forget. They right. know that he had some. And I'll be honest, like Carter's had some fumble issues too in the past. Right. Not for this staff though. Sims did. And I wonder... Can they truly move past that? Because he's actually looked pretty good at times, too. But I do think Dax is making a push on that. I, I do, too. So I probably shouldn't have said binary. I think it's the three yeah. of them. But um, but to me, it's also when, when you factor in this team signed DeAndre Carter in March, 
This team did not bring in Steven Sims, who was drafted uh, or, or, you know, signed on the past regime. So how much does that play into it? But I think if you think those three guys are in play for that that last spot. I think Candy Golden is in that same category, too, because they drafted him. Right. I mean, in the fourth round. In the fourth round. and, And so that's the one where I'm a little bit like, I don't know. Do they really put him out there? You know, they could probably sneak him on the practice squad, I think. But maybe they don't care. But I don't. I don't know. I mean, how do you view him? Right. Well, I mean, it's tough it's because it, it's tough because they did invest that draft right. capital, and he is young, and you didn't get to see him last year because of the injuries. But I don't know if you feel the same way. But but I think it's been evident that he has maybe not had the camp that other receivers have had. Yeah. yeah. And and so and I, I, yeah. And so when, when you talk about results versus potential, what you saw on tape, I mean. It's a really, I think, complicated calculus when you think about, like, how do you build this receiver room? Because obviously, you know, uh, you, your top four are pretty locked in with McLaurin, Samuel, Humphreys, and Sims. Um, and I'm sure I'm forgetting one right now. Um, Deami Brown. Deami Brown, yes. Okay, so you have your top five locked in. Who is that sixth spot? That's a really tough well, four then guys. And then it's like they're going to have to obviously contribute on special teams. And I know Carter, Milne. And Stephen Sims are returners. Yes. Antonio Gandy Golden would be a cover guy. Now, do you need if that's what he's done? Can he do that role for you, or would, is he going to be inactive every week? And then you have Danny Johnson, your returner, or somebody else. But that's like going into camp. I thought he was on. I didn't say I thought he was on. I put him on the projection without. You know, he's clearly not a lock. But I, you know, you're like the fourth round pick and all that. But I think other guys have outplayed him. Right. And 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 so to me. Can you sneak him on the practice squad? That that's one of the more interesting questions because it sounds like, you know, I, I think we've talked about with Samus Reyes. He's probably, you know, he might make the fifty-three because right. you don't want to risk exposing him because right. you gave him that money. You think he can develop, um, but but I don't know if Antonio Gandy Golden merits that same consideration. I don't know. We'll find out. Last thing, what, is there another position area that you're intrigued by going into this game? I mean, safety is the, I feel like the obvious answer yeah. because you know. Ron has hinted at maybe we'll play three safeties. Uh, you know, they had Cam Curl play some Buffalo nickel in that first game. Um, how does that shake out between he, Landon Collins, and, and Bobby McCain? And then also not even just that, but if you're going to have DeShazer Everett and Derek Forrest, and, and Derek Forrest to me has been at least described and looks like a just a young DeShazer Everett, a box right. safety who's really good on special teams. Uh, and, and DeShazer's different level at that. Right, no, but right. DeShazer's yes. different level, as Ron said. He's grooming that to that role, yeah. Right. So, so to me, it's how does that safety position shake out? I think I'm also curious about the tight ends, especially if we're going to see some guys we hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if Tamar Hemingway and, and Samus Reyes, who are both in concussion protocol, don't play. So what does that position look like? Uh, those are probably the two that I'm looking at. And the one that I'm looking at is Jamin Davis. How does he progress? We saw what happened the first game, and he, ta- he talked today about wanting to play more downhill. Does he do that? We'll see. Far. I think that's a big thing to watch his development because it's going to be key to this run defense, which had some hiccups the other day. So. Uh, a, a rookie in the in the middle linebacker position it's is tough. certainly yeah. it's tough, and it's like I'm you know it doesn't even say like if he struggles early or if he's not playing well it doesn't mean he doesn't develop. It's just that he's got a lot going on. He's got a lot to process and to read. So how does he progress? That's the key. So Sam, thank you very much. Of course, thanks, Ken. Let's talk about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy football for big cash prizes. An Underdog Fantasy you just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog handles it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management. 
They're going to give you $25 when you sign up so you can take a free shot at a $1 million grand prize in their fantasy football tournament. That's right. You can get a free $25 in bonus cash on underdog fantasy if you use the code KIME, K-E-I-M, when you make your first deposit. I love underdog because it's just so easy to use. The mobile app is slick. The website is user-friendly. So do what I've been doing. Go to underdogfantasy.com, join a league, draft a team, and that's it. You're good for the season. Remember, go to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or the Google Play Store, sign up with the code KIME, K-E-I-M, and get a free $25 in bonus cash. That's all for this episode. Thanks to James Smith-Williams and Sam Fortier for joining me, and thank you, as always, for listening. Again, I'm going to be doing some more fantasy football drafts on Underdog Fantasy, so pay attention to those and when I'm going to do those on social media. I'll be back with another episode after Friday's game. It'll likely come out Saturday morning. Talk to you next time.